You're listening to the New York Encounter podcast. The 2023 New York Encounter just wrapped up, and we'd like to thank the over 400 volunteers who came to New York to help make it possible. We also want to thank everyone who made a financial contribution to the New York Encounter this year. And if you haven't, it's not too late. You can always head to newyorkencounter.org donate and contribute today. Das 
Thank you for listening to the New York Encounter podcast. The New York Encounter is a three-day cultural event that takes place every President's Day weekend in Manhattan. Every year, we bring together speakers, put on exhibits, and host musical shows, offering opportunities for education, dialogue, and friendship. Following St. Paul's suggestion to test everything and retain what is good, the Encounter aims to discover, affirm, and offer to everyone truly human expressions of the desire for truth, beauty, and justice. To learn more about the New York Encounter, visit newyorkencounter.org. One day, the wanderer slammed a door shut behind him, came to a halt, and wept. Then he said, this penchant an urge for what is true, real, non-apparent, certain, 
How I hate it. This world is not conclusion. A species stands beyond, invisible as music, but positive as sound. It beckons and it baffles. Philosophy don't know. 
and through a riddle at the last, sagacity must go. To guess it puzzles scholars. To gain it, men have borne contempt of generations and crucifixion shown. Faith slips and laughs and rallies, blushes if any see, plugs at a twig of evidence and asks a vein the way. Much gesture from the pulpit, strong hallelujahs roll. Narcotics cannot still the tooth that nibbles at the soul. Going over home, 
You are listening to the New York Encounter podcast. The Encounter is entirely volunteer-run and donation-funded, and as you probably realize, it takes a lot of money every year to put it on. What that means is that if you want the Encounter to continue its work, we need your help. Head on over to newyorkencounter.org donate and consider making a monthly donation to sustain the Encounter in its work. Thank you for your support. I had listened to Chopin's prelude, The Raindrop, many times because my father liked it. I began to like it too as I got older, nine or 10 years old, because the main melody is easy to grasp and very pleasant. At first, the suggestive music of the main melody impressed me, but after hearing it 10, 20, 30 times, once, while I was seated in the parlor, my father put that record on again. All at once I understood that I had understood nothing of what the raindrop really was. For the real theme of that piece was not the music in the foreground, that immediate melody so tender and suggestive. It was not the instinctive listening to that piece that brought out its truth. Its true meaning was something apparently monotonous, so monotonous as to be just one note that repeats itself continuously with a few slight variations from the beginning to the end. But when you notice this note, it is as if the rest were to withdraw into the margins, becoming, as it were, a frame to the picture. The picture itself consists only in this note that becomes a kind of fixation, and the eye from the beginning to the end is struck continuously by this overwhelming feeling. That day I understood, without being able to put it into words, I sensed what it was all about. I said to myself, that's how life is. This piece of Chopin is so beautiful because it is a symbol of life. In life, man is struck by things that arouse his tenderness, by things that attract him instinctively that he likes, that put him at ease, that are to his taste. In a word, what rules is what is instinctive, immediate, easy, overwhelming. And yet, life lies beyond the music in the foreground. It is a single note from the beginning to the end, from the time we are children until we are old, just one single note. Once you have become aware of this note, you never lose it again. You cannot lose it again. It remains a fixation, but a fixation that makes you wise, knowledgeable, intelligent. 
It is this fixation that makes one human. It is the desire for happiness. That is the note that from the beginning to the end dominates and decides the meaning of the whole piece, that decides from the beginning to the end what a person's life is. Thirst for happiness. Whatever it is that you like, that attracts you, that you desire, will make you happy for a moment, but it passes immediately. And yet, there is a note that remains intact with a few slight mutations, but from the beginning to the end, it remains profoundly intact and in its absolute simplicity, in its singularity, dominates the whole of life, the thirst for happiness. That is the note of life. It accompanies me like my thoughts. Were I to remove it, life would lose its dignity. The fantasy of colors and forms in which life expresses itself would become a basket of shreds with no origin, no aim, and no meaning. For whoever no longer perceives this, reality becomes something trite, whether it's a question of family, friendship, company, lineage, state, or people. All artists have the genius of recomposing and reproducing this monotony, which is more beautiful than any variation. If you listen to the prelude by fixate, fixating on following the note, it is as if you find it hard to breathe because you get a sort of overfull feeling. So much so that as the piece draws to an end, the note withdraws and the music in the foreground seems to have conquered as if to say, at last we've done it, at last we're free. And then in its newfound space, it goes ahead for three or four notes. But just as you get around to thinking we're free, that fixation begins again and brings the peace to an end. The thirst for happiness, the destiny of happiness, can be obliterated and forgotten for a short time, but it comes back as an urge without which man cannot live. It marks the beginning and the end of the short passage that is our life. We recognize, we need to recognize that note in ourselves because the eye is like a piece of music made of that note that has that note as its theme. Though the things that catch our attention instinctively are the most superficial, instant pleasure, instant enjoyment, instant success, first impressions, reactions, and whatever is instinctive, that note continuously destroys what is instinctive and prevents you from halting on the way, from coming to a stop. Because what is instinctive in love, in beauty, in your taste for work and success, fossilizes you, turns you to stone. It is that dominant note that shatters the stones and moves the whole of reality that is the time of our lives. It moves it as water moves the pebbles in a brook, as the sea moves the sand. So all the questions that a human being may ask, all the expectations he or she may have, end up in this note, the thirst for happiness.
And this goes to all the artists who made this opening possible. Um, of course, I had prepared something to say, but uh, it's different. This year is different. Last year was even more different in a sense. It's different. There are different times. And we're, uh, may maybe at times we find ourselves in the shoes of the wanderer who silently and joylessly asks where. And a ghost ghostly whisper replies, there, where you are not, is happiness. And yet, there is Nietzsche, who is not necessarily an optimist. <laughs> I, I don't believe in optimism myself, actually. Those who know me know that I'm against it. But uh, what does Nietzsche say? You may hate this urge for what is true, but it won't go away. Not even a pandemic can take that away. And like a tooth that nibbles at our soul, the truth beyond beckons and baffles, invisible as music, but positive as sound writes Emily Dickinson. And then the final step we took through the longing of what Venice shared with us, the deepest longing of a stranger who's looking for his land, his father, his mother, with the certainty that they exist. It's not a matter of optimism, it's a matter of certainty. And it's the certainty of that heartbeat, that raindrop in Chopin's prelude, the heartbeat of life, the heartbeat of our unquenchable thirst for happiness, our urge for the truth. And we're here taking our chances with all the cautions possible to run a 2022 New York Encounter in person because of the certainty that we have, that we can build on this desire. Tonight, we tried to open up the door. Now, there's a weekend in front of us, and we want to accept that there's a, a tooth that nibbles at our soul, that we can actually build something together with this urge for the truth. Desire builds. Desire always builds. And that's what we want to, that's the invitation. You know, welcome to New York Encounter 2022. This is the invitation. Come with us through this journey. So thanks again to all the artists. And I don't know if the one and only John Tui made it to the main floor or not. You did? Come up here. It's, it, it's part of our tradition. What would you want to say? I just want to say, Welcome everyone to the 2022 New York Encounter. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the New York Encounter podcast. We hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please consider posting a review on whatever platform you listen on. Those reviews really help the podcast reach more listeners. If you share the podcast on social media, please tag the New York Encounter. On Twitter, we're at NY Encounter.